is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Oh, 
don't you worry, don't you worry, don't cry. Oh no. God is standing by. So, so Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman or man. When choosing a spouse, it is so important that one considers seriously the character of this person. Giving all the evidence about the character of this person and all the counsel available, one should then ask, will I be content and happy living with them for the rest of my life? Often people marry in a bit to escape loneliness. Loneliness. Then they wish to divorce to escape their marriage. It is so essential that prior to marriage, a person seeks wisdom and counsel in regard to their choice of partner. A course of premarital counseling will not go amiss for, as I once read. Some wish they could marry, while others wish they weren't married. Don't get me wrong. Marriage can be a great life adventure of ups and downs and of mutual growth and love. Marriage is about much more than escaping loneliness. It is about companionship and compatibility. But marrying in haste to escape loneliness while misjudging the character of the individual will prove to be disastrous. Thus the proverb portrays being alone, peaceful and contented, as more desirable than being in a relationship where there is no contentment or peace. God richly bless you. Listener, you are welcome to the program Family Affairs. Relax as we present to you the topic Love. Love chapter, chapter 2 with Counselor Donko. Pastor Counselor Ike Donko. Warm, warm welcome back. Thank you very much. And last week, we touched on love is patient, love mm. is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, and it is not proud. Mm. Anything on that, then we proceed to the fifth verse. That talks right. about some attributes of unconditional love. Right. Let me again send greetings to my listeners who are out there. Because for without them, this program will have been a fiasco. Um, I want you to also pardon me. I'm not too well this morning. But uh, I pray that God will give me strength to do justice to this topic. Um, we started discussing the... Uh, love 
being described or explained by Paul in First Corinthians chapter 13. And we said last week that this kind of love is not based on your feelings. In fact, I ended up saying it is the very love that we call agape. And it is the love of choice and commitment. Choosing to love another person, not basing it on any feeling or what have you. Right? So, um, with this, it means that whatever your feelings may be, whether they are negative toward the other person or not, you have no option but to choose to love that person just as the Bible has cautioned or instructed us to do. And that is exactly what we're looking at. And uh, interestingly, you know, um, Paul based his argument in a very strategic way. These verses are grouped in a certain strategic way. And I think uh, it will be very important we, we, we know them. All those attributes or characteristics are verbs. Sometimes some are portrayed to be, you know, uh, adjectives. But no matter what the original Greek, all of them are verbs. Okay. Now, um, he, be- he began by describing positively what love is. And we look at them, two of them. That is the first two uh, characteristics he talked about. And he said that love is kind. And uh, um, love is uh, the very first thing. Love is patient and love is kind. These are the two things that he talked about. He began with that positive. And then the second one, he gives a series of seven verbs which describes negatively what love is not. Okay. Right? <laughs> what love is not. Um, that is where we are now. But if we want to look at the categories, we will be looking at the third category uh, which gives or uh, a contrasting statement to describing what love is. He will say that love is this and not that. Okay. So that is the third category. Okay, and so. then when you leave the last category, you come to uh, that category, you come to the fourth one, which is the final one. Here he described four things that love always does. Right. Okay. Now, as we speak, we are on the second part. We have crossed the positive one and has got into the third one. Uh, you asked that I just give a quick um, reaction to what we talked about last uh, week. Long-suffering is patient. So we talked about it last week. And we're saying that these are attributes of God, right? And whoever uh, professes to be a Christian must automatically possess this attribute or uh, qualities. So it's a choice which must be inculcated into ourselves. So failure of this love means that we are shut off some qualities as far as Christianity is concerned. Patience, God himself is love. He's patient, right? The Bible says, especially in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that the Lord is not slow or slack in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness or slackness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. But the reason why God hasn't come or you, you are still alive is that God doesn't want anyone to perish. In spite of all that we're doing negatively, God still makes sure that we will all come to repentance. That is the long-suffering attribute of God. And God expects that we all will have shame. We also look at kindness. In fact, um, God doesn't need anything that you go to show him kindness. So for God to tell us to be kind means that um, 
we should show kindness to some of his other children. Okay, in other words, we should do this kind act to our neighbors and people around us. So as you do that to our neighbors, you do that to God as well. And that is the meaning of being kindness. And that you cannot run away from it. We went to the negative aspect, which began uh, with verse 4b, right, to 5, the about. And we were trying to look at um, what love is not. What love is not. Now, they are also grouped in categories. The first category has to do with envy, uh, boast, and then proud, right? And I, we dealt with some uh, aspect of them yeah, last week. And we're saying that enviness uh, is a character which um, tells everyone that the person who possesses it don't have love. Okay? So to envy here means that to really have strong feeling or desire for what someone has that you don't have. That is enviness. To have a desire, strong one, for what someone else have and you don't have. The opposite is the boasting. The boasting is having the desire for people to know what you have and that they don't have. And that is the boasting here. And both of them are negative. If you possess this character, it means that the agape love is not in you. At the end of the day, when you put these two together, they will give birth to what we call pride. If you put them together, they give birth to what we call pride. You know, I said earlier on that these are general uh, explanation to day-to-day life and activities, but they are applicable to our marital relationship as well. And last week, we tried to also you know, narrow it down to relationship. And just as it is um, described here, if you there are people, someone was telling me after last week that uh, discussion that how can uh, a wife or husband envy the partner? I say, wow, you've not seen it. It is happening everywhere. Uh, people think that it is not possible for a wife to envy the husband or husband to envy the wife. In fact, under normal circumstances, that is what it's supposed to be. But if you go out there, you will see that it's happening all the time. Why is it happening? Because people have neglected the very principle that brings the man and the woman together. When Bible says that you are one and not two, we still want to refuse. And if you refuse that the two are or shall be one, you continue to have separate life, even right in your marital home, and this enviness could crop in. Under no circumstance should this happen in marital relationship. If it should happen, it means that you can never demonstrate any love out there. If your wife who sleep by you, you can envy her, it means that you can envy any other person. And that is how serious it is. You just listened to a discussion on the topic love. A continuation will be brought to you later.
Any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus two three three two zero eight seven zero four five three two or plus two three three two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu dot edu dot gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana P.O. Box AF five nine five Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. He will be raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, Jesus, Jesus my Lord. He will be raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, raised up, lifted up, Highly exalted, raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, Jesus, Jesus my Lord. We're raising the Father, the Creator, we're lifting the Father, with our soul and our mind exalting the Father. All the glory is earth, we're praising the Father, with our lives we will serve. He will be raised up, lifted up. Highly exalted, raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, Jesus, Jesus my Lord. We're raising the Savior, our Messiah and King, we're lifting the Savior, and His praise as we sing His songs from the Savior, to His throne of on high, we're praising the Savior. Till we meet him in the sky, he will be raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, raised up, lifted up, highly exalted, Jesus, Jesus my Lord. We're raising the spirit, blessing comforting, we're lifting the spirit, holy, tender, and kind, exalting the spirit. As you lift it our hearts and praise in the Spirit, and we never will depart. He will be raised Calling for you and for me. Calling for you and for me. Coming up next is the moment of truth. Watching for you. Hello, my wonderful listener. You are welcome once again to Moment of Truth, the Discover segment. A moment in which we discover very important biblical truths that we apply for our lives. We have been looking at a very important question. Does my life really matter to God? And in attempting to answer this important question, we have been... Going through this series, we started by saying God created a perfect world. He used six days to create our world and rested on the seventh day. He created man in a special way in his image. But evil came into our world through the decisions that men took. And there it was Satan, the devil, who deceived man to take that decision which he took. And so... Sin affected man, and it affected all of creation, animals, 
the grasses, the soil, everything. There was jealousy, animosity, greed, and human misery. All these multiplied. And the most terrible consequence of sin was death. Today we want to discover who this devil who infected our world with sin is. And ask the question, did God create the devil? Since we said God created everything. John chapter 8 verse 44 answers the question, who is this devil who infected our world with sin? The book of John in the Gospels, in the New Testament, chapter 8, verse 44. John chapter 8, verse 44 reads, He was a murderer from the beginning. So who is this devil? This devil was a murderer from the beginning. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He speaks of his own. Because he is a liar and the father of lies. So who is this devil? This devil was a murderer from the beginning. He speaks lies. He is a liar and the father of lies. John chapter 8 verse 44. These are the words of Jesus Christ. And according to Jesus, the devil is the originator of sin in the universe. He is the father, as it were, of sin. And thus, he is the father of murder. He is also the father of lying. Because, remember, he was able to deceive our first parents by lying to them. Thomas Callil, the great English philosopher, once took Ralph Waldo Emerson through some of the worst streets of London's East End. As they walked along silently, observing the wretchedness and evil around them, Callil finally asked, Do you believe in the devil now? Why did he ask the question? He asked the question because the devil is the one who is noted to have caused the wretchedness and evil around them. And so that was a big question he asked. Do you believe in the devil now? Yes, of course, the devil does exist. But the question comes again. Did God create a devil? Did God create the devil? And the big answer is no. God did not create the devil. A good God cannot create a devil. Yet the Bible states that the devil along with the angels he had deceived lost their place in heaven and came to our world. And so God did not create a devil. He created something different. This is what we read of in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to 9. How did this devil come to our world? Revelation chapter 12, Revelation, the last book in the Bible, chapter 12, verses 7 to 9. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against a dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was held down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was held to the earth and his angels with him. So that was how he came. But how did the devil get into heaven in the first place? 
Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 14 and 15 tells us that You were anointed. In fact, these words are to the devil. You were anointed a garden cherub. A garden cherub means an angel. For so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. And so this devil we are talking about was found in heaven. And there was war in heaven. And this war in heaven brought him down. And so he and his angels lost their place in heaven. God did not create the devil. He created Lucifer, a perfect angel. Maybe we'll be talking about Lucifer the next time we continue with this series. He created Lucifer, who was a perfect angel, the garden cherub, blameless in his ways, until iniquity was found in him, wickedness was found in him. Lucifer was one of heaven's leading angels, standing next to God's throne. But then, this Lucifer we are talking about, sinned, wickedness was found in him. And so he was expelled from heaven. Once he was expelled from heaven and posing as Adam and Eve's friend, he became the deadliest enemy of all humanity. When he was expelled from heaven, he went to Adam and Eve in the form of the serpent and went as a friend. He went to tell them good news that by eating the fruit, they will be wise as God, not knowing he was rather the enemy. We'll be talking about how and why Lucifer, this perfect angel, became a sinner, how he came to sin the next time we continue with the series. But until then, You've been listening to Pastor Josiah Ando, AWR Ghana. God bless you. Thank you very much for staying with us once again. You can reach us on plus two three three two zero eight seven zero four five three two or plus two three three zero three zero seven zero five one zero five eight or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address, Adventist World Radio Ghana, P.O. Box AF595, Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hands be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now.